Howdy folks, welcome to Sketchy Conversations with John Melson IV. On today's episode, I'm talking with wrestler Jake Logan. Jake Logan is now wrestling in a promotion called Control Your Narrative, started by Adam Shear and wrestling veteran EC3. We talk cosplay, gym routine, and some other topics too. Check it. Alright, so how's Florida looking? It's good, man. Uh, I was actually driving home from Georgia the other night, and the uh, wind picked up like, like crazy, and then the next day I found out there was a tornado. That I just drove through. Damn. <laughs> nice. So, where do you work out of mostly? Which states? Uh, I travel anywhere that books me, man. Lately, I've been going from Florida to Georgia. I'll be in Texas later this month. Um, uh, Kansas, Colorado. Ever Have you ever done the Mid-Atlantic? Uh, no, not not yet. I like that answer right there. Not yet. So where are you from originally? I'm from Amarillo, Texas. My dad owns Top of Texas Pro Wrestling up there. Um, that's how I got my start. Oh, cool. Who did you train with? I trained with a number of people um, before I actually started wrestling. I took my first bump at eight years old. Um, and I had spotty trainers from then on. And then in 2013, my dad... I was already wrestling for three years, and my dad sent me out to Dory Funk Jr. to get crispened up, and so I claim him as my trainer. Nice lineage. So when did you get the itch? Um, when I saw Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19, that's when I knew for sure that I had to be a wrestler. That was actually a really good match. So what was the first promotion you worked with? I don't, I'm not really set to one promotion. Um, I guess my home promotion would be my dad's promotion in Amarillo, Texas. But um, since I moved to Florida, there's not really been like a home promotion. Have you run to Gangrel? Yeah, I've, uh, I've met Gangrel a couple of times. He's a real cool dude. I've heard nothing but good things about him. Yeah. Cool. All right, so I noticed, I was checking out your page and everything, right? I noticed there was one convention a while back, you were doing some cosplaying. So, was that some, have you done that often, or is it just like a, well, like a one-time thing? It's, uh, it's something that's pretty new to me. My wife and I had recently gotten into cosplaying when we first moved to Florida. We cosplayed before and when we lived in Texas, but our interest for it uh, grew more by the time we moved to Florida, they have a Megacon in uh, Orlando every year. And so the first year we went, she was Storm and I was Bane. And then the next year, um, we didn't. We ended up not going because of COVID. But uh, this past year we went, she crafted a whole Predator outfit from hand, crafted my whole Spawn outfit from hand as well. Nice. Yeah. First convention? Uh, we'd been to a few others, um, like, uh, um, there's one out here in Ocala that we went to recently. She put on her Predator costume for that. I didn't actually dress up for it, but I, uh, we definitely wanted to go. Um, and then of course the, the ones that we kind of went through, through Texas. Have you been to a convention called Project Acon? No, I haven't. I haven't been there since 2009. It was fucking lit though. Yeah. Yep, I'm more of a convention guy back in like um like '98 to like 
about 2006. My main spots oh, cool. were like Otakon and Katsukon. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. What was it like uh, wrestling in NWA? Uh, it was it was really cool. I won the NWA National Championship in 2016, and I was the youngest to ever hold it. I'm still the youngest to ever hold it to this day. It's being held by Chris Masters right now. Working with the NWA was a lot of fun. However, it's owned by Billy Corgan now. Back then, it was owned by Bruce Tharp. But um, I had a lot of great opportunities through the NWA. So, um, what's your workout regiment? Uh, EC3 is my trainer slash nutritionist. And so, whatever he has me doing for the day is what I do. So, today I worked out arms. Um, nothing too too special. Just biceps and tricep workout. Ended with cardio. Um, he's got me on a strict diet right now. And typically just like chicken, rice, and broccoli. But... Uh, I have to weigh everything out beforehand before, like, I cook it. And, yeah, man, it's uh, it's uh, pretty grueling at times. Speaking of which, so how did you get involved with um, EC3 and, okay, what's the name he's going by now? Adam Shearer, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, so me and EC3 were booked on the same show together in Dallas of uh, 2020 uh, in August. And I had actually, we were supposed to fly there together and fly back. Um, since we were flying out of the same airport, um, they booked us on the same flight. I actually missed my flight going there, but, um, the day before we had to get on our return flight, he gave me his number and everything to basically ride in, ride in the same Uber together and yeah, get, get on the plane and everything. And so, um, being there with EC3, I just wanted to pick his brain, ask him questions because I knew that he had some similar interests of mine. And so I wanted to talk to him about it. And luckily he, he took a liking to me and, um, yeah, the rest is history after that. And then shortly after Adam Shearer got released from the WWE, uh, he wanted to be a part of the narrative and he thought it was something special. So he immediately joined up with us. Nice. Cause I've been yeah. keeping an eye on EC3 for a while because I remember um, he was in NXT for a second. Also, it was definitely his iconic TNA run as well. Well, Impact, oh. I guess you can consider it then. Remember that? I was like, there's something about him. You know, also, he was an <laughs> MLW2 for a second, right? Uh, for a short stint. Yeah, I think he was the, I always thought it would be kind of cool MJF, actually. But that's, but yeah. Hmm. So I'm wondering, <laughs> like, what's the story behind Control Your Narrative, though? What's the story of the narrative? Yeah, control your narrative. I'm very intrigued by the concept. So the narrative is built upon three essential pillars. Control, freedom, and purpose. In order to gain control, you have to fight for your freedom. Uh, and through that, you discover your purpose. The narrative is about guys wanting to be free, not letting three-letter brands hold them down, and wanting to become their own entity. So being a part of free the narrative or control your narrative is truly an honor because you get to explore ventures that you 
wouldn't typically get to explore being on just like the regular indie scene or if you were signed by a major company. Hmm. That makes sense. Because I remember the build-up for it, I was like, well, it worked because it caught my attention. Because I noticed like um, he was over in Ring of Honor for a quick second. And I was like, well, what's going on here? And this is a side of EC3 I've never seen. I was like, whoa, I didn't know he had this in him. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he ventured out from the top 1%. Yes, he has. Like, I've never seen shades of that, whether it was Impact or his run in WWE for a second. Yeah. I was like, whoa, where did this guy come from? Has there ever been somebody that you've been surprised by in the in the business? Like, whoa, you know, they gave this guy the wrong gimmick to his, or to give him, mm-hmm. give him a gimmick where he couldn't flourish. Has there ever been somebody like that just off the top of your um, head? Like, explain a moment like that? Yeah, like, has there ever been, like, a wrestler you notice where you notice him a different promotion or doing indie or doing indie stuff or whatever, right? Well, you might recognize from one thing, but then you see him something else, and it's like, whoa, I never knew they had this side to them. Uh, you know, I guess I would refer to a guy that's reinvented himself many times, and that's Chris Jericho. Because, um, I mean, he's done so much in the business besides being just a world champion. He's been able to reinvent himself and click to every modern era that he's been a part of. And he's been wrestling for three decades, you know, like it's, it's crazy how he was able to stay, stay as relevant as he has. I mean, he's, he's great in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I I love Chris Jericho. It's literally my idol in wrestling. Um, but just the, the creative ideas he's got has really like interest me. Same here, same here, because I remember him saying that he wanted to be the David Lee Roth of wrestling, and it made total sense. In fact, that makes one of the things that makes him stand out is he's almost you can imitate another wrestler, right? But when you bring in somebody else with a totally different idea or bring in certain things, that's like okay, that makes you stand out. Reminds me like when Taz he said something like I don't give a fuck about the color orange, but Everyone's wearing blacks so makes you stand out. I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So what are some things you learned on the, on the indies? What's things that I've learned on the indies? Yeah. Uh, everything I know is I, I've learned from the indies, man. I've, uh, like I said, I've been bumping for 21 years. I've been wrestling consistency consistently for the last 12. So literally everything that I've got in my repertoire, everything I've got promo, like promo knowledge of like besides EC3's influence, um, everything I know is pretty much from the indies. <laughs> so what do you prefer to work? Heal a baby face. Um, you know, I just, I do what I'm paid to do, man. Um, professional wrestling is my passion. So either way, it doesn't matter to me. I, I'll get a reaction regardless. One of the best answers I've heard. Thank you. Reminds me a little bit of like um, what Booker T said. The most important thing he wants to hear is, I'll keep you safe. Yeah, man. Like, always keep your opponent safe. Make sure the crowd is into your match. Like I said, I'm going to get a reaction regardless. Like, that's my goal. I can have, 
you know, I can have a, a five minute match. I can have a 30 minute match. Regardless, I'm going to keep the fans into it no matter what. All right. So here's the kicker. I remember you from Cult of Kayfabe, right? And you actually caught my eye when you did something. It was around 2020. The world's pretty much on fire. Yeah, it's more like a overheated oven now, actually. You were basically selling shirts on regard for Black Lives Matter. Did you get any shit from promoters or anything like that after that? So, um, with the whole Black Lives Matter stuff and creating that shirt and everything, like, I... I can't speak for anybody of color, but I can speak on the experiences I've had being out with my wife who is black and the reactions that we've gotten together as a couple. Um, so I, I wanted to, whenever I created that shirt, because I, I've, I haven't experienced it, but I do know that um, black people definitely go through a bunch of shit th throughout their lives. And so with the Black Lives Matter shirts, I wanted to be able to raise the money and donate to through the organization. And um, it, so it, it had a special place in my heart. Nice, because I remember it was this one weekend, you know, everybody showed a lot of love, everything, right? And not gonna lie, there's some guys I was surprised by, or they didn't want to affect their booking, so they did it like in a smoother, sly kind of way. So it was like, all right, I see you though, you know. Yeah, and like when when I posted the the link to those shirts and everything, like um, like I was posting them in different uh, wrestling uh, group, like different wrestling groups on Facebook, and yeah, it wasn't like promoters. That I mean, hell, they could have been a promoter. I'm, I don't know, um, but there was like some people that were like getting pissed and saying like, "Don't bring politics and racial issues into wrestling," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "But there is issues of that in wrestling. It's like, part of history." Yeah. So just if you if you don't want to buy the shirt, ignore it. Move on. That's all you got to do. You know. All right, so okay, back to the gym stuff. Okay, so, all right, whenever I'm working out, actually, I tend to be with my thoughts and everything, right? And think about stuff out, like yeah. think about questions, you know, maybe a song idea or two or whatever, right? So do you have, like, a gym playlist or what? <laughs> I was talking about this with my mom earlier today. Um, I don't really have, like, a specific workout playlist. Like, my music consists of a lot of everything, like... Uh, anime intros that I like, um, maybe some T-Pain, some like early, early or late nineties, early two thousands music. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I got Backstreet Boys on there. I got, uh, like I said, T-Pain. I got In um, Sync. Um, I've got pop icons from back in the day. So I, I listen to a little bit of everything from back then. I mean, there's some new songs that I like today, but um, music hasn't necessarily been a huge influence on me and my career, but I know what songs I like. How did the pandemic affect you, like, in the last couple of years? What was that like? Um, well, 
when the day that I would say the world turned upside down was the day that my WWE tryout got canceled. Um, I, I was uh, in Orlando and I'd gotten invited to a tryout. We're all in, uh, it's probably about 40 of us in the Orlando airport doing our physicals and everything with the WWE doctors. And then they, t- uh, they give us the information to go to the hotel and everything. And then the next morning I wake up, I go downstairs and um, not paying attention to the TV screens or anything because I just wanted to get some breakfast in me and everything. And then um, there was this girl who was a part of my group who's from Brazil. Uh, my group consisted of Paige's brother um, and nephew. Um, and so, uh, and of course, the Brazilian girl. And she didn't speak any English. So if she wanted to talk to us, she had to like type through Google Translate. And so I read one of her messages and it said, uh, I think they're canceling the tryout today. And I was like, what the heck? And then by that point, I, I started paying attention to the TVs and everything and how like businesses were starting to close down to like get ready for COVID and everything because or closing down because people were getting sick and everything like that. And um, mask mandates were happening and it was crazy. So we get to the performance center and it's so many of us there and Canyon Seaman walks in and he's like, guys, I'm sorry, but tryout's going to be canceled. Um, you all have a, uh, guaranteed tryout at a later date, but for now we got to worry about what's going on. And then at the same time, that same day, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with SmackDown because it was supposed to be in another state. So they had to fly all their guys back to Orlando so that they could run SmackDown out of the performance center. But as far as like what happened with COVID and everything, like after that, um, a lot of my bookings got canceled. Um, actually, I think the next booking I ended up taking was no, there was there was a few spotty bookings, but crowds weren't huge because of COVID and limited capacity and everything. But um, I was probably. I probably didn't wrestle for good, maybe four or five months because of it. So it's like, you know, during that downtime, what, what were you up to? Um, during COVID, I just, I tried to do whatever workouts I could. Um, with, cause my, my gym didn't close down right away, but once it did, it was uh it was it was getting a little rough because knowing that the gym was closed i didn't really have much of much equipment to work out with i had literally had this like 5 gallon jug that i put my broom handle through to do some curls um i bought this like uh resistance band to do uh some leg extension stuff some overhead shoulder press and everything but it wasn't the same man like even though I was trying to get my workouts in, they weren't intense as they are typically in the gym. And I ended up gaining a lot of weight. Um, luckily, I was able to shed a lot of it once uh, stuff started opening back up. So what is one to expect with uh, Control Your Narrative hitting up Dallas? So with Control Your Narrative, we just had our first show on the 5th, and it was a sold-out crowd. Um, 
we literally had to turn people away at the door. The entire show was amazing. For the 31st, we'll be in Dallas, and it's going to be the first televised, um, well, pre-taped uh, for television that um, we're doing. But yeah, it's it's going to be another amazing show. Tickets are flying off the off the shelf fast, and we're super excited um, to be getting this off the ground. Cool, because there is something that something that really intrigued me um, regarding this is one feature they have where you know if if you're a disgruntled fan, then you can pay a VIP, and it basically tells somebody off. I'm like, I'm very intrigued by this concept. <laughs> Yeah, it's the uh, it's the rant room. So, if there's let's say if there's a wrestler on the show that you don't like, um, or if you've had problems with them in the past, um, you're you you pay the you pay the rant room price and you get to go into the room for three minutes with that wrestler. Of course, there's security, okay, good. but to make sure nothing happens. But you get to literally tell that wrestler off. Like you get you can be no holds barred. Like uncensored however you feel you can tell that wrestler uh we had one guy do it at this last show and he pulled austin aries into the room but he didn't tell austin aries off he just he kept putting him over and and so austin ended up taking a picture with him gave him a free picture um and yeah it was a it was a cool experience for the guy but we we expected him to go off on austin aries or something like that and so it, it's the rant room can also be used for that too. So, um, this makes this is to me this is brilliant because all right, I was reading this article one time right, and it said this: if somebody has an issue with you, but they haven't brought it up with you, the smartest thing to do is sit next to them because their whole demeanor will change. Because it's easier to somebody to talk mm-hmm. shit about you behind your back when you're right next to them, their whole demeanor changes. Yeah, the, with the rant room, man, we can take the keyboard out of the way and you get to tell tell them exactly how you feel. If you're too scared to do it, then why'd you pay the price? This is some great carny shit, I'm going to tell you the truth. This is like the equivalent. This is like a new millennium dunking booth. So what, the guy got wet, he still has your money. So, but yeah, I'm I'm very thoroughly intrigued by this concept, you know. So, also, what what are your thoughts on the comparisons of um, Control Your Narrative and Fight Club? Um, there's there's a lot of things based off of Fight Club that we brought through the through to the narrative. Um, there's a, uh, I mean, it's my favorite movie. Um, it's one of EC3s and uh, JC, who's the the narrator narrator the director. Um, that's uh, it's it's based off of Fight Club, but it's not Fight Club. It's the narrative, you it's know. Ins- it's inspired. I got you. Totally understood it completely. Great. So where uh, where can we find you? Um, Instagram uh, is at official underscore I'm Jake Logan. Twitter is I'm Jake Logan underscore, and Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash I'm Jake Logan. Uh, and you can buy my shirts off of ProWrestlingTees.com. You can buy your Control Your Narrative tickets at www.controlyournarrative.co. 
Okay, cool. Well, this, okay, so .co, not .com, but .co. Yeah, .co. All right, cool. Great. Hey, that was Jake Logan. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to Sketchy Conversations with John Mills on the 4th. Until next time, take it easy and please use common sense.